Bermuda Triangle makes people disappear, according to the lyrics of the famous Barry Manilow song. But what really lies behind all the myths and legends that have sprouted around this famous area? Is it indeed a paranormally charged area, as so many suggest? Perhaps connected with theories of the lost continent of Atlantis? There are many reports of instrumentation failures and UFO sightings in the area. Some even hypothesise that a parallel universe exists within the Bermuda Triangle region, causing a space-time warp that sucks objects into a parallel dimension. Join myself and Neil here on Aliens Explored as we try to unravel the truth behind the Bermuda Triangle. And this discussion around the Bermuda Triangle is only made possible by our generous patrons. And this week's episode in particular is dedicated to our Explorer of the Week, Vanessa Kim. Now, Vanessa has kindly subscribed to our Patreon and in exchange, get some lovely, lovely rewards. You too can get lots of rewards, including Explorer of the Week, if you choose the right level. Go to patreon.com forward slash aliens explored. Have a good look around at the various rewards that are available. Pick the one that suits you and uh, do help us make this and future episodes we will love you forever as we do our explorer of the week vanessa kim Aliens Explored is a weekly podcast exploring famous and obscure cases of UFO sightings, alien abductions and other strange events from both a believing and a sceptical perspective whilst keeping an open mind. I'm Stu Jackson, a professional actor and amateur ufologist with a particular interest in the crop circle phenomenon. I'll be debating that otherworldly visitations are real. The truth is out there. And I'm Neil Kelly. I'm a professional actor as well and used to work for the military as an intelligence analyst. I'll be arguing from a more doubtful point of view. I mean, it's all a bit far-fetched, isn't it? Hello everyone and welcome to Aliens Explored, your weekly look at the mysterious skies and mysterious under the seas and mysterious smoke-filled rooms with, with shady government characters um, <laughs> plotting against us as we, we, we know they're doing it. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Neil Kelly. And I'm your other host, Stu Jackson. How are you doing in this heat, Neil? Uh, I'm just about doing all right. I mean, there's, there's a slight breeze getting up now. Right. Um, okay. So I've been looking forward to that. But yeah, uh, it's been, been quite... Uh, I haven't had to go to work today, although I work in an air-conditioned building, so where, where people actually complain about the cold, <laughs> it so probably would have been preferable then. <laughs> yeah, 
We don't work on Mondays, but I'll be back there tomorrow. Yeah. Well, I'm. I mean, for our listeners' benefit, we're we're recording this at the height of. Well, I hope it's the height of the heat wave. <laughs> well, they're, they're saying it's the hottest day ever recorded in Britain. Uh, Thirty-eight um, degrees was the highest prior to today. I know that much. And we're up to is it was it forty forty-one today? Really? Uh, and they're saying that record may be broken again in the next couple of days. Yeah. So there we go. There we go. Well, I'm. Uh, I don't have air conditioning. I don't have a breeze because my windows are closed. Because my neighbours have decided that now is the perfect time to start slamming the doors in the corridors. Mm. around the block of flats. Uh, somebody's decided now is the perfect time to start smashing concrete outside my window. Oh, blimey. That's that's, um, a, that's, that's a daytime activity around here. I know. No. And, uh, and, and my neighbour who lives above, who normally screams at her children, has decided now is the perfect time to play music unreasonably loud. So... <laughs> So yeah, I can edit all this, it all yeah. out. But, so, uh, so you're you're in your little sweat box, to basically. Our as if not, so, I'm, yes, I'm, I'm having to keep everything closed and shut up and blimey, suffering for our art and our listeners because they want to hear some interesting yeah. things. You can't even have a fan going, can you? Because of the noise it would make. No, absolutely, absolutely. Well, but yes, um, but. Not to worry, um, I'm not complaining at all, because we get to talk about a really interesting thing. Now, oh. I don't even need to ask with this, but normally ask the question, like, oh, have you heard of, of course mm. you've heard of the Bermuda Triangle, right? Sometimes called the Devil's Triangle. Yes, I've heard of it, and um, Barry Manilow put me on. Actually, I think I'd heard of it before Barry Manilow as well. I think I'd, I'd read it's about it in a magazine famous somewhere. in the media for that. Um, I, I, had a, I had a book when I was a kid called Strange But True, and it had all sorts of things like the, the, the mystery of, of the abominable snowman and, um, and Bigfoot and the undead of Haiti and, and the Bermuda Triangle. So Strange But True, did it have mm. a subtitle for a given value of true? No, it, it's, <laughs> it, it, it was called Stranger Than Fiction, and it was just all these... Stories which, uh, I guess, yeah, as far as I recall, I mean, I was only 10 years old, but um, as far as I recall, they, they were purporting to be just mm. literal truth. Well, I mean, certainly <coughs> we know, um, so coming back on the Bermuda Triangle as a mm. specific, um, mm. and, and this is this is a large area, isn't it? It covers it, the, the triangle itself, the points of the triangle of Florida, Puerto Rico and Bermuda. Well, by by some reckonings, um, there are also craft that have gone missing in areas way outside of that. In fact, some some people have taken extended the Bermuda Triangle apparently as far as the Irish coast. Okay, okay. So I mean, it, at what point a, does it become the Bermuda dodecahedron? Well, I think they still <laughs> retain the triangle shape, but I'm, I'm not sure what their three points of reference are. But as you say, it goes from Bermuda, um, Puerto Rico, is it? No, it's Bermuda in the south, isn't it? It goes um, northwest, skirting the coastlines of Cuba and uh, Haiti, Dominican Republic, up to Miami, and then it goes northeast up to Puerto Rico, and then directly south down to Bermuda. I, I might, 
I might be wrong, but I think you've got Puerto Rico and Bermuda the wrong way. I think Bermuda is the northern one. Oh, yeah, I have. Yeah, Bermuda is the northern one. So, yeah, Bermuda directly south to Puerto Rico, then northwest across, um, yeah, taking in the Florida Keys, but going across Dominican Republic and, and Cuba, their northern coast, up to Miami, and then northeast back to Bermuda. By mm. by some reckoning, but other reckonings, it's it's considerably larger. Or certainly craft that have gone missing, ships and aircraft, um, have been attributed, have been lost, obviously, and, outside that triangle, but attributed to the Bermuda Triangle. Yes. Well, and, and indeed, they have got, you know, gone missing uh, in this area. This is not a, this is not a fiction. Um, um, they they've gone missing actually... in this area, but they've gone missing everywhere else. I mean, according to statistics, um, there are no greater losses in that particular area. I mean, the Bermuda Triangle isn't marked on any map. Um, losses of ships and aircraft are no more co- unusual there or common there than anywhere else. Um, Lloyds of London won't charge extra on your insurance for travelling through it. Um, okay, well... Um, so I've, I've, that, I've put my stake in the ground that's, already. That's, <laughs> that's five minutes in and we've... Um, yeah. Uh, we've killed the topic. <laughs> yes, yeah. That's it. We just knocked this one on the head. Yeah. That was the shortest episode ever of Aliens Explored. Yeah. No. Um I mean we do you know what? I so I'm gonna I'm gonna go straight in and say mm. you're absolutely right. Um statistically speaking, yeah, it's no more likely to have disappearances mm. than anywhere else on the on the on the seas, at least on the seas, yeah. It's also um, an area where there are, you know, it's where tropical storms start um, start building up there. Get hurricanes, and and of course, um, the Gulf Stream starts from there, which is effectively a river within the sea that brings warm water currents. That's why we enjoy such a temperate climate in in southern England, because the Gulf Stream is a stream of warm water that comes from that yeah. area across the Atlantic. Go, traveling northeast or east of northeast um, to to our southern coast, so we've got we've got warmer waters and the temperate climate. But it also acts as a river, so a, a, a boat that gets abandoned there will be carried out on that stream into the Atlantic. Yes. Um. So when I started doing research, I thought I'd have a look to see how far back this urban legend actually goes, mm. and I was expecting, you know sailing ships and here be dragons kind of stuff no it only actually goes back to 1950 was the first report was the was that the um the flight flight 19 no that was 1945 wasn't that that was that was 1945 but the first report of the bermuda triangle as an area hmm uh was, was a 1950 um, newspaper article that just said, "Oh, there's been a strange amount of like a, 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 an odd amount of disappearances hmm. in that area." But it wasn't until two years later, in 1952, um, that the paranormal aspect was introduced. Hmm. It was an article in Fate magazine um, hmm. by George X Sand. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what the X stands for. Um, Xavier. But, um, 
Uh, X stands for excitement. <laughs> X rated. Maybe made uh, adult movies. Maybe. Um, but yeah, he, he wrote this article called See Mystery at Our Back Door. I mean, maybe mm. he was an adult artist then, um, <laughs> after all. But he, to be fair, he listed quite a number of um, ships and aircraft that had disappeared in the area. Uh, he mm. talked about a ship called the Sandra. Um, he talked about five Navy bombers in December mm. of 1945 yeah. that disappeared in the area. And mm. then the rescue craft that was sent to rescue them, which was a Mariner bomber, mm. um, that also disappeared. Mm. Uh, and then... A few just short few years later, uh, just over two years later, um, in January 1948, there was an aircraft called the Star Tiger mm. that disappeared. There was um, a, an airliner, Tudor the Fourth, uh, a ship Evelyn K in March 1948. Although with the Evelyn K, uh, mm. that was actually um, being piloted by quite a famous jockey at the time, um, but they. <laughs> They did later find the wreckage for that one. But, mm. but in this article, um, George suggested that there was a paranormal element and aspect to all this, that mm. you know, strange forces abound sort of thing. Um, mm. and, and that, as far as I can tell, is the first recorded suggestion of paranormal around... And much more recent than I would have expected. Yeah, and I understand that the the name Bermuda Triangle didn't appear until it appeared in a magazine article in about 1964, I think it was. Right. I'm, I'm trying right. to find the reference. Yeah, that's when someone said, yes, it's the first, it's the Bermuda Triangle, and uh, there's something with the paranormal. I mean, a lot of these things have quite possible mundane explanations. They've also retrofitted. There was a ship called the um, the HMS Atalanta, which um, set out from the Royal Naval Dockyard in Bermuda in January 1880 and, and disappeared. Oh, right. Um, okay. Um, her crew, I mean, she sailed right into a storm and her crew were primarily um, inexperienced trainees. So that could have made her... Uh, Made things a lot worse than they needed to be. Mm. Um, and also the HMS Eurydice, 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 I think it is. But um, yeah, but I mean that. For instance, the Flight Nineteen, the the groom, they were groomen, the groomen Avenger torpedo bombers. So not really a heavy bomber. It's more like a, a big fighter plane. I think with a. a Two people in the cockpit. And oh yes, be so that's the be, five navy bombers that George Sand yeah. referred now, now to. Now these yeah. these set out on a on a training flight. They were they were led by. Yeah, they were. Yeah, it was they were led by George Sand, but the, but, the, but you know they they were following in in flight in in a in formation. So they set out from the. Um, they, they set out from uh, due east from Fort Lauderdale. Mm-hmm. Um. And then, and then for for about 140 miles, then north for 73 miles, and then back over a final 140 mile, 230 kilometer stretch, um, to complete the exercise. They never returned to base. Now, um, the disappearance 
Navy investigators just said, well, possibly the the pilot, you know, the the lead pilot, made a navigational error, and then of course the planes just ran out of fuel, and that was it. And it's 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 a large area of ocean. You know, if something goes down in that, you're not likely to find it again. And then one of the search and rescue craft deployed to look for them with a 13 man crew also disappeared. Yes, that was the Mariner bomber. The Mariner bomber, yeah, yeah. Again, George Sand referred to this in his fake mm. magazine article. Now, apparently, this Mariner bomber, um, obviously, it was carrying an awful lot of fuel because it was doing a, you know, a search and rescue mission. We wanted to be out there for as long as possible. Mm. Um, and according to contemporaneous sources, um, the Mariner had a history of explosions due okay. to vapor due to vapor leaks when heavily loaded with fuel. Well. To be fair, one of the things that has encouraged the, this urban myth about the Bermuda Triangle mm. is not so much craft not returning, but mm. the lack of any wreckage is a is a running theme. Mm. Isn't there also, I mean, given that the triangle, if you're crossing the triangle, if you're going from... F- I suppose you're not. I mean, if you're crossing straight from Florida straight to Cuba, you don't really go into the Bermuda Triangle that's marked on this map. And to be fair, Bermuda Triangle isn't really marked on any official maps. This, this is a schematic. But you know that that's been disputed waters and pretty much a war zone for for well since since Castro mm. took Cuba in January 1959. So there could be all sorts of reasons why ships would be would disappear. Yes. Hijacked yes. or sequestrated, you know, um, they, they suddenly run into a, a Cuban naval, naval patrol and get escorted to Cuba, and the Cubans then deny all knowledge of it. That's another possibility. When there are also stories about pirates in the in the Caribbean. Pirates, pirates of the Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean, but latter-day pirates of the Caribbean, mm-hmm. um, hijacking yachts, also drug traffickers. Mm-hmm. Um, who who would um, commandeer or you know, hijack craft or ships for their own purposes and kill just kill whoever the the, the owners or the crew? That, those things aren't mentioned in the article. I'm just um, I'm just wigging it here. Yeah. <laughs> well, that wouldn't explain the uh, numerous aircraft, though. Um, no. But I say one of the things that. Um, that I noticed in reading up on it, that quite often uh, no mention is made of the weather. And, of course, it is an area where tropical storms or hurricanes can can start fermenting. And sometimes either they've, they've made no mention of the weather or they've actually claimed that it was perfectly calm, calm weather when actually there was a hell of a storm raging at the time. Well, there's, um, there's always been this... this idea in certainly in my head at the back of my mind and i'm i felt sure it came from a report or something hmm. of a pilot on the radio suddenly talking about freak weather that came out of nowhere and um hmm. almost like a a weird sort of portal opening up before the plane but in doing the research in trying to find this i can't find it anywhere so i'm wondering if Either I saw it in a movie, or I dreamt it, or uh, didn't didn't Flight Nineteen report something like that that 
the sea had not gone, that I was uh, able had gone to white or something. I, I saw something somewhere about how the sea had changed and and everything was. I didn't. Was, I didn't yeah, I didn't see anything about that in when I was mm. searching. Um, now here's an interesting one. Um, one explanation: methane hydrates. Um, large fields of methane hydrates, which is a form of nat natural gas on the continental shelves, which can suddenly bubble up. You suddenly get this massive gas bubble, which decreases the density of the water. And so the, the water is less dense. It's, it's a ship sailing through it will suddenly become less buoyant and it would just instantly sink. Mm. The water just wouldn't support it anymore. So uh, they, they're sometimes called mud volcanoes. Um, however, um, no large releases of gas hydrates have believed to have occurred in the Bermuda Triangle for the past 15,000 years. So I think we can... Okay. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's something, it's a, it's a phenomenon that can can suddenly come up and just sink a ship. Yeah, if it reduces the density of water, yeah, a ship would just yeah. plummet. Yeah. Mm, I can see that. Um, I mean, you've had some really interesting theories about what, causes the Bermuda Triangle over the years, though. Hmm. Um, remember reading that uh, there are people who have theorised that it's the... Basically, it's Atlantis is under hmm. there. The lost yes. city of Atlantis is beneath the Bermuda Triangle, and that's what hmm. keeps sucking these planes and and ships in. Um, they're, they're basically hijacking them. Yeah. Tears in the space-time continuum. Hmm keep forming over there is another one I've heard. Um, creating portals that take these ships and planes to alternate dimensions. Yes. Which is, um, as theories go, that's, that's even I'm going to say, that's pretty out there. Well, didn't um, didn't someone at the time that uh, Flight 19 went missing, they, they said, oh, those planes are on Mars now. I mean, imply that they've gone through some kind of portal. We we got so many amateur astronomers. Mm. Mm. I'm sure we would have seen them if that were the case. I love the yeah. idea. I love the concept, and you, you see it in the the movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind, mm. um, where you know they talk about a ship that's gone missing or a plane that's gone missing, and the ship, you know, this great big um, battleship, sort of turns up suddenly in the middle of the Sahara Desert or the Gobi Desert or whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, no explanation of how it got. I, I, so I love the idea of that. And I'd, to be honest, I'd love for the Bermuda Triangle to be this paranormal, weird, mm. strange thing. But um, And I was about to say, but clearly it's not. However, mm. I'm going to tell you, I don't know if you've come across this particular story in 1971 an aircraft mm. carrier uh, the USS John F Kennedy was I, I don't know if they were on maneuvers or just going from one place to another but they were in there <laughs> the threatening the Cubans again probably threatening the Cubans or just on the way home from threatening the Cubans or something <clears throat> like that um, when all of a sudden all the electrics, the radar, everything just suddenly cuts out and stops mm. working. There's a glowing orb, large glowing orb, that 
that hovers over the ship hmm. for 20 minutes. After 20 minutes have passed, this glowing orb disappears. And the moment it disappears, all the electrics fire back up again. Hmm. That is strange. And that, that's corroborated, that story, is it? That's, yeah. That's, well, um, I, that's I guess if it's an aircraft carrier, from... there's going to be thousands of people affected by it. Ooh. I don't know how many people a US that's... aircraft carrier like John F. Kennedy will carry, but I imagine it's it's of the order of hundreds of, or possibly thousands of people. I'd be, uh, I'd be surprised if it was thousands. Um, but certainly hundreds, yeah, mm. I'm sure. Even, even if it's like, you know, a few dozen... That's still a lot. That's, um, yeah, that's an official mm. record, uh, as far as I understand it. So, yeah, that is definitely something. But what I don't know is, is that just weirdness that just happens at sea and happened to be in the Bermuda Triangle? Mm. That it's, um, well, I suppose until we understand what it is, it's paranormal, isn't it? But, um, when someone comes up with a scientific explanation for something like that that can happen, then it would be normal. Mm. Unusual, but normal. I mean, one theory I didn't seem to come across as much as I was expecting was, I mean, we've mm. talked about um, underground and undersea bases for UFOs. Mm. And certainly there's been a lot of UFO activity around the Bermuda Triangle or reported Mm. UFO activity. Um, so, yeah, I'm surprised that that one hasn't come up more and more often. Um, yeah. When it comes to sort of underwater bases, it people keep going back to, oh, it must be Atlantis then. Yeah, well, not a UFO base. <laughs> the, the deepest, the deepest point in the Atlantic Ocean is called the Milwaukee Depth, and it's in the Bermuda Triangle, and the Puerto Rico Trench reaches a depth of 27,493 feet. That's 8,380 metres at the Milwaukee depth. So that's, that's, that's as, yeah, a, a, a plane might fly at 27,000, 28,000 feet. That would be quite a high, yeah, quite, quite a high altitude. That's, uh, oh yeah, you, you hear yeah. about trenches that, go as deep as like Mount Everest is high. Oh yeah. In the, in the Pacific as well, certainly mm. Pacific, but uh, yeah, but that's so the deepest point of the Atlantic ocean is in, is in this uh, Bermuda triangle. Um, yeah, that's interesting. And, and of course, a lot of the um, Bermuda triangle is quite shallow as well. Yeah. And also it's one of the most heavily traveled shipping lanes in the world. So is it now? Yeah, apparently. Right. That that's a kind of a, a piece of the puzzle that because hmm. of course the more travel you've got in a shipping lane, the more you're the gonna more, lose. Yeah, the more yeah. incidents you're gonna have. Hmm. Yeah, that kind of that kind of makes sense. Hmm. Well <laughs> But that that must be quite a you know, between the United States and Cuba. Um, <laughs> yeah, not far, not far off from the rest of Central America to the west. Um, that's going to be quite a militarized area, hasn't it? There's going to be a lot of military activity. Well, yeah, but you wouldn't have to be because you know 
ships are lost at sea and mm. you know, as are planes and yeah. and you know you're talking about such a huge area you know not finding wreckage mm. is not i mean we, we think of it being like a really strange event not finding wreckage but mm. actually it's quite a common thing isn't it when ships and, and planes are lost at sea yeah especially if there's a current at the gulf stream to carry it a long long way away from or, or hurricanes potentially to carry it a long, long way from where where it was last sighted, and of course down as well as along, so. down as well as along. I mean, when they when they searched for the Titanic, um, it had travelled quite a long way from from where it was last seen on the surface to where they eventually found it on the bottom. And I remember when they first found the Titanic, it must have been the late nineteen seventies. About 1978, 1979, and it was only then that they discovered that the ship had broken in half. So when right. you watch the film Titanic, and you can see the ship breaking in half as it goes, and no, that, that didn't happen. No one <laughs> yeah. knew it broken in half. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, I mean, normally uh, at this point in the show, we'd be doing our summaries of what we think, but I think it's fairly clear we're both in agreement on this one. Mm. Bermuda Triangle's just an urban myth. Yeah, nothing to see here, folks. You know, ships go missing, planes go missing. Yeah, and I wonder by 19, I assume flights were safer by the 1940s than they were in the in the infancy of aviation. I mean, the, the two airliners that you mentioned that went missing apparently. They, you know, this is in the 1940s. These would have been, um, I don't know if they were turboprop or just just uh, ordinary uh, uh, prop engines. Tuned um, to the but, fourth was a four-engined. Yeah. Well, they, apparently these planes were flying at the limit of their range. Mm. Yeah, they could, with a full load of fuel, they could barely get to their destination. So there's no contingency there. Then, you know, they go, that something goes wrong. They, they run into a headwind they weren't expecting or they make a slight change and you know, have to make a slight adjustment in their navigation. They ain't going to make it to their destination. Do you know what? We still have issues like that in some places today. I remember mm. when I, I visited on holiday the Greek island of Skiathos. Mm. Now, the, Skiathos has a runway. And that runway is three only three quarters the size of the minimum EU runway length. Mm. Okay, so to take off from Skiathos, as we did, they cannot take off with a full tank of fuel because they won't get the plane up in time. They have to take off with a bare minimum amount of fuel to get to Athens... <laughs> And then they can, so they can land there and then refuel and then take off and take you know, back to the UK or wherever. Wow, it reminds me of a story when when I was in Cyprus with the army, and we we're based not far from Larnaca, where the main yeah. airport was, and a Romanian. I mean, this was in the nineteen eighties. A Romanian airlines aircraft was was coming into Larnaca, and uh, suddenly went off the radar. So this alert went up. We were on the base. We we, we heard it on the base. Um, this, this plane just suddenly short of Larnaca, just just gone off the radar. They they assumed it had gone down in the sea for reasons unknown. And then after a few minutes, the pilot suddenly came back on the radio to the, saying to the effect, I'm paraphrasing here, 
bloody hell, that's a short runway. <laughs> and and, and uh, what he'd done, he'd landed at, um, at Decalia in, in our garrison. He'd landed at 16 Flight Army Air Corps on the runway used by the gliding club. <laughs> he landed a he landed a full sized <laughs> Ilyushin or, or, or aircraft, which couldn't take off again. Um, it had to be the plane had to be dismantled <laughs> and carted carted to um, Larnaca Airport on trucks. Where I would watch bits of the plane going past, yeah, right right in front of my flat every day. Uh, oh, I understand wow. the pilot defected. <laughs> he didn't. Yeah, this is during the Ceausescu regime. He probably wouldn't have had a warm reception when he got back home. Mm. No heroes uh, welcome yeah. there. Well, not to worry. Um, but yeah, there we go. Bermuda Triangle. We think we've got this one cracked. Um, Mis- what- mystery solved. Mystery solved. But what no. do you think, listeners? Are there aspects to the Bermuda Triangle in this urban legend, urban myth? that we have missed out on, that um, there is something more going on? Or do you agree with us that, yeah, nothing really to see here? Do or let do, us yeah, know. Do, if, you're, if you're itching to wipe the smug smiles off our faces, <laughs> yeah. no, we're, we're sat here grinning at each other over Zencaster. But, yeah, if you... If yeah. You're, we do damn, get pretty smug over these Penny waste limeys, I'm going to go in there <laughs> Uh, but yes, do let us know what you think, whatever that might be, via the usual means. You can email us uh, aliensexplored at gmail.com. You can contact us on Facebook and on Twitter by searching Aliens Explored. Or if you're one of our Patreon members, you have exclusive access to our Patreon members only Discord channel where you can chat about your ideas and thoughts with like minded people. Uh, it's growing all the time. Um, so join us next time when we have a very special guest, Neil. Um, now this is something a uh, very good friend of, of, Hours, Neil, uh, and some of our listeners, those who listen to the Tales from the Twenty Side podcast, or perhaps they might watch um, the Star Trek Adventures roleplay game that I do live over on Twitch, uh, they will recognise this person. We have our friend Amy coming to join us. Excellent. Well, we'll look forward to that. Absolutely, because Amy and I and and her partner, uh, we were going around Wiltshire just this last weekend, just uh, the last few days, going crop circle chasing, Neil. Mm. Uh, we Amy wanted to see what crop circles were all about, so I took her around and uh, we'll be getting her thoughts on that. I can't wait uh, to take you crop circle hunting, Neil. I'm um, looking forward to it. You know, we, and, we started uh, we started this show in the middle of a pandemic when no one went anywhere. So um, yeah, we always promised once we were able to move again, but uh, we we would, and um, here we are, still not well, moving. We're still in a pandemic. <laughs> we we <laughs> still are. Yeah. It. Yes, uh, we are. Just had That's a black true. alert from the NHS. Um, mm. Yes, and cases are going up quite dramatically. So keep safe, everybody, mm. and uh, and keep cool in this weather as well. Um, but yes, talking to Amy next week. We come on the uh, but yes, don't miss that one. In the meantime, keep watching these urban legends and see if they are urban legends. And of course, keep watching the skies. Take care for now. Catch you next time.
Aliens Explored is a Fecal Films production in association with Juicy Falls. Music by Darren Mafucci and editing by Stu Jackson. Find us on Twitter or Facebook by searching Aliens Explored or visit us on aliensexplored.com.